back to PC Impact with your host, Nada Mark Hansen. Hi everyone, welcome back to the fourth episode of the PC Impact. This episode is going to be focusing on political correctness in three different industries. I have guests today from the media industry, someone who works both on TV and on radio. So he's a broadcast media personality. And I have someone who works in the marketing slash advertising field. And lastly, I have a former media personality who used to work on radio in Takrade and now works as an event planner and she owns a place where you can get your rentals from if you're having an event so without further ado let me get into more about what we're going to do today and i'll have the interviews with my guests a little bit later So on episode one, we defined what the media is and spoke briefly about the media. Let's take a look back at what I said. So essentially, I said the media was the different ways mass messages get communicated to people. And the literal definition from Google was the means of mass communication, whether it be broadcasting, publishing, or the internet regarded as a collective. So that's what media is. Like I said before, I do have a media personality coming on the show this episode. He works as a sports journalist on TV3 slash Media General's platforms on their TV platform, which is TV3, and their radio platform, which is 3FM. So I hope you enjoyed that interview with Yao Fosilabi. I spoke about my second guest being someone who works in advertising slash marketing. So what are the definitions for these two fields? Marketing is a process that involves design, creation, research, and data mining about how to best align the idea of a product or service with the target audience. Marketing helps to define the product even more than the actual product does. And it involves research and analysis and studying audience responses and creating language that and design that will best influence that audience. So it's all about knowing who you're talking to and framing your language in such a way that you put the product you're marketing in the best public light. Advertising, on the other hand, is the literal process of making a product and service known to an audience. It is the description used to present the product, idea, or service to the world. This generally entails advertising campaigns in the media. An advertising campaign uses creative positioning in the media, and advertising must be timely and used in a specific way, like according to your strategy. Ads can't go on forever. You have to plan it out, write it out, make sure you know exactly what you're doing because you don't have unlimited ad time, and ad time costs a lot of money. Both my definitions for marketing and advertising came from Concordia University, St. Paul. And finally, what is event planning? Event management or event planning is the application of project management to the creation and development of small and or large scale events, such as festivals, conferences, ceremonies, weddings, formal parties, concerts, or conventions. So it's essentially you helping create and develop large or small scale events, no matter like what type of event it is. What do all these three things have in common and why did I choose to pair these three people together on this episode? These three fields have a lot in common, such as they all cater to the audience because media companies wouldn't run if nobody was watching or listening or reading what they put out. Advertising and marketing companies are selling things to people and looking at things audiences would buy and event planners plan things people would end up attending so all these different people need to know how to talk to people and are find the audience and political correctness to be a very big thing in what they do because if they don't use the right language if they decide to talk to people or clients or their audiences anyhow it wouldn't be good for them or their businesses political correctness once again seems to reign supreme without further ado here is our first guest once again i remind you to respect views of each individual who appears on the podcast and their views are their own and not mine or anyone who works on the pc impact once again enjoy hi um can you please introduce yourself for the pc impact audience um, um hi everyone so my name is yao Ufusulabi. i'm a journalist and i work with tv3 network in ghana um what is your main role at TV3 Network. So my my main role at TV3 is um, assistant editor in in the sports department. So what I particularly do is go out, do live reports, guest stories, write articles, do TV presentation, and then radio presentation as well. Okay, so 
Um, you said you you work in sports. Were you part of the African Cup of Nations coverage this past year? Yeah, I I I was in I was in Egypt in 2019 to cover the Africa Cup of Nations for my for my network, which was a big big platform for me because it was you know in my very young journalism career I think that it was a big boost for me. I learned a lot. I met different journalists from different countries, which was like really really good for me. So. I'm very grateful for that experience, and, and hopefully there'll be more experiences like that. Yeah, I hope so too. What do you think political correctness is? Well, so I think political correctness just has to do with restraining yourself to say something that's sort of cast a snare on an, an underprivileged group of people or a people that has been discriminated against for a very, very long time. So, you know, you just ask, for someone who has like a media platform, you'd have to restrain yourself in using certain words that puts those people in a bad light. So that's what I think political correctness is really. So do you think your field, you working in the media field in Ghana, do you think that field is politically correct or do you think you guys have some way to go? Um, I think if, if I would have to rate it, I would, I would do about 70%. I would say 70% because um, the Ghanaian society is run mainly by um, respect, you know, we, we sort of hold respect in the very highest team. And so, you know, people try not to say things that will hurt people in a certain way, but it is not all rosy. I think that's, you know, there have been some instances where um, some, you know, people have said things that were unsavory to a certain aspect of, of people who live in their country. So 70% is like a fair mark. And I think that we can do better. We can go a long way from where we are at the moment. Talking about people writing unsavory things, have you ever been accused of writing something unsavory towards someone or saying something on air that someone uh, considered unsavory? No, I, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever been. I think, I think the only time, uh, the only time that I, I might have got close to it was when I, when I said something against Accra Hatsufuk, which is a football team in Ghana, one of the biggest actually. So I honestly don't think that it was, it was me being politically incorrect. It was just me trying to state the facts about a team that you know, was sort of going downhill because it's, it's a team that has a lot of history. It's a team that is really, really big in Ghana. So for a team that I've seen in my childhood doing so well come down now, I felt that, you know, my voice on my media platform could make the, the leaders at the team sort of sit up and, and stuff like that. So it wasn't me being politically incorrect. It was just me trying to, you know, put things in order, if I should say it so. So as you... Like trying to do the right thing, but it came across wrong for the people in charge of the club, essentially. Yeah, exactly. It came across wrong for the people in charge of the club. But uh, I mean, in any case, in this instance, it wasn't it wasn't exactly politically incorrect because Hearts to Folk is not a team that has been marginalised. It's, it's a it's a team of higher claim. A lot of people support the club and and all of that. So, I mean, I, I just think that sometimes the truth is a is a really better pill, and and, and that's what might have happened. I mean, the truth does hurt. So, you have a lot of influence over, like, people through what you say, and the media itself is a big platform that could influence people into thinking what they think. So, how do you think the coverage in Ghana has been towards the current coronavirus outbreak we're dealing with? Um, so, I think that the, the coronavirus pandemic has, has rocked the world. A lot of people are indoors, many businesses are suffering. And, uh, you know, as a media person, the only thing we can do is to continue spreading the word and to allow people to stay safe. And I think that's in Ghana, it has been done um, extremely well. Uh, you know, there are, there are about 46 different you know, um, languages that people speak in Ghana. And I think that the media have tried to get through more than half of those languages just for everybody in the country to have a, an idea of what's happening. So on every television station, there are pop-ups on TV that shows that, you know, people should take care of themselves in the coronavirus era. Every commercial on TV has a coronavirus message in there. And there have been different, different shows that have also been uh, started, you know, to... Uh, sort of sensitize people uh, on the coronavirus pandemic. So I think that all in all, it's been a, a really, really good coverage for people. People are learning, people are educating themselves, and the, the information flow has been excellent. I mean, the budget from government to do public sensitization is not big enough, and so the media would have to step in and do their best as much as they can. For my channel, for instance, there's now a daily show on TV in the morning 
that sort of tells people what to do, you know, in this coronavirus era, you know, sort of stay at home, wash your hands, all of those messages are spread across there. And then we talk to health professionals across the country, we talk to people outside of the country, in different, different countries to tell us their experiences. We also talk to patients who have recovered from the coronavirus and, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really a large scale of how we are taking things. And I think that's day in, day out, people are learning. So, like, how has it affected you personally? What changes have you had to make in your life? And what did you use to take it for granted that you won't take for granted anymore? I, I think that's... Uh, the, the big change that has created now is that I have been home for the past month, which which is very, very unusual. And uh, also, it's it's very it's sort of uh, very difficult now for, for football clubs. It's, it's difficult now for someone like me because... I'm a sort of a hands-on person. I, I go to football clubs, I talk to coaches. I, so the fact that there's nothing happening in these times is, is quite worrying for me. But I think the one one thing that I would change if this whole coronavirus is over is to sort is to is to meet up with my friends a bit more. I mean it's been it's been a month of just doing video calls, doing Skype, Zoom and all that, and, and all other things. And I feel like it's just an unpredictable world. And so if you have a chance you should just continue seeing the your loved ones as much as you can. Do you have any final comments about political correctness? Do you think you've already said Ghana is a country based off respect? So if I say right yeah. Ghana's political correctness on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you rate it as? And then any final words about um, your football club, Manchester United, because we know they're not such a good team. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Political correctness ranking, I, I, I sort of did it earlier. Uh, you know, I, I, I rated it 70 over 100. So uh, if it's now on a scale of 1 to 10, I think it will be 7 over 10 now. Yeah. And so, and, and, and so yeah, that's that's what I would say. But, but for Manchester United, though, I... Well, I think that it's it will take it will take quite some time for Manchester United to get back to the level that people know it to be, and I think that looking at how things are going now, the fans are becoming a bit more patient after a season of of turmoil under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Things seem to have stabled down a bit uh, up until the coronavirus pandemic, and so if United fans are all going to be a bit more patient, if I should say, then things just might get better. It's, it's also imperative on the club to get their transfer policy really right. I mean, I think that over the past seven years that Alex Ferguson left the club, the transfer policy of the club has been very, very shambolic. The issue of picking coaches and firing them and all of that has also worked the club in many ways. And so if we are, we are going to be honest with ourselves, I feel that United fans should know that we are, we are in an era Three Alex Ferguson, and 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 that's like we are back in that era before 1986, and 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 that's where we are now. And so we should all just come together as one team, one fan base, and just keep on rallying behind the club because they might just get to right sooner or later. One last thing before I let you go. Since we're talking about football, do you think the league should come back from this coronavirus break, or should they void all the seasons and then start afresh from next season? Well, I think that, you know, as of now, the, the major thing is that people need to get better first. The, the whole virus thing should go away. And I'm just looking at the timelines from, from now up until August when the new season is supposed to start. If the new season is supposed to start in August or at most September, then what, what are we waiting for to avoid the season? I mean, I, I don't see any way that we can play the rest of the games from, from June and July. Players might not do the whole preseason thing very well and then a new season will come up and that sort of thing. But looking at all of that, I think that um, the, the, the various governing bodies of football need to make a proper decision. So that means, are they moving next season to a later date, say November or December? Are they looking to avoid the season? I think fans are on tenterhooks at the moment, especially Liverpool fans. <laughs> I honestly, I honestly feel that it will be unfair um, if the, the whole season is voided. Then that means Liverpool do not pick their English Premier League trophy for the first time since 1990, which I, which I feel is very, very unfair. But I mean, we need to do what's best for football now. We need to do what's best for the fans, and if only once and i don't think that it should be a really big deal if they are if they are able to do that but with that in question i, I feel like uefa uh CAF, everybody else all the football governing bodies and even fifa should step in at this point and give us 
uh, uh, something to look forward to because it's, it's not looking good now from where I sit. I mean, I'm hearing that the Bundesliga might come back in early May, which, which will be like a breath of fresh air. But we need to care for the players. We need to care for people who are going to be working closely with the, with the football players, with, with the football fans and all of that. I mean, for Germany, they are saying they're going to be playing behind closed doors. But what is football without fans? And so some of these things all need to be checked. We need to get a clear sense of where we are going from now to be able to make a decision. All right, Mr. Fosulabi, uh, thank you so much for coming on to the PCA back. Hi, could you please introduce yourself to the PC Impact audience and describe what you do for a living? Hi, my name is Yofi Brew and I work in marketing communications. Um, that is by way of creating concepts for advertising, um, writing copy, producing, directing, uh, with specialization in the field of radio commercials. So I compose musical advertising jingles as well. And, and I've been doing it for quite a long time. Oh, that's really cool. How long is a long time? How long have you been working in your field? I would say cumulatively for 25 years, because I started, um, that's about three years after university, when I wanted to do my own thing. So I got into the habit of creating things in the home and pitching it to advertising agencies and fortunately i was discovered accidentally by one producer who saw us perform in in a live music session uh, let me let me backtrack a little i think way back on campus that's university of ghana between 1990 and 92 we formed a reggae group called the local crisis we had the likes of Rocky Dawoni, who is a Grammy nominee, I mean, and in the reggae category. And he was part of the team, the musical group. But he left for the U.S. and we continued with the session. So on one occasion when we were playing, when we had been billed to play on campus, the advertising group that organized that session saw me sing. And coincidentally, the guy who used to compose their jingles was out of the scene somehow so they contracted me to create a jingle for them and that's how it all started around 94 95 and i got my first gig to create an advertising jingle for a brand uh it's called Frital. i mean Frital cooking oil at the time it was being handled by unilever ghana and i think it was done in nigeria so they wanted me to adapt it to suit the environments of ghana and i did that and they accepted and that was the beginning of what i've been doing since 25 or so years ago that was very interesting you spoke about reggae and working in the advertising field and composing jingles so firstly what do you think political correctness is how would you define it and do you feel the reggae genre of music is politically correct and how are things treated in the world of advertising well that's quite a loaded one political correctness and its definition alone is i would say is hydra headed it had so many 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 um interpretations i mean it, not not that but it applies in so many spheres i mean it transcends one uh what do you call it discipline it's multi-discipline that's right. And I think uh, political correctness is any act or behaving or behavior that does not alienate any group of persons, irrespective of your class or creed. And I think it is something that you do or you conform to such that you don't discriminate against um, people who are considered as socially disadvantaged in a society as much as possible you must try to do things or express yourself in a way that doesn't hurt the the feelings of people who are considered as socially marginalized political correctness in reggae you might think that the reggae genre itself i mean the revolutionary uh, type. That's what I believe in the roots rock reggae, the Bob Marley genre, the culture genre, the Peter Tosh, the Jimmy Cliff, 
and all those guys. Those are the ones that I like, the very old classic reggae guys. Those are the people, to mention a few, Jimmy Cliff and all that. So that kind of revolutionary approach to the reggae music, the lyrics and all that. So more confrontational, if you like, because they, they dare challenge the status quo and all that. Sometimes somebody mocking from the outside would think it's, it's a bit overboard and hence must be kind of controlled or hedged in so that they don't go overboard. But I believe so much in that political incorrectness when it comes to the truth with regards to the lyrics that these uh, reggae uh, uh, behemoths, if you like, <laughs> push around. The message is the message at the end of the day. So I think um, reggae, reggae music can be politically correct depending on the people it speaks to. I hope I've made some sense out of that. Again, in, in the advertising field in which I work, I think political correctness is is applied, is applied across board. If you look at the kind of things that we create, the concepts that we generate and all that, we ensure that these things actually conform and they are not discriminatory to any person or groups of persons. Let me give you a typical example. I mean, if you're working in the social behavior change communication era, for instance, like, you know, where you try to create concepts or you create advertising or messages that really want to change people's behavior towards society and the persons within society, you need to really, really be careful not to really trample on other people's rights. I mean, people who are marginalized. Should I say, no, example, I mean, misogyny, right? I mean, just trampling the rights of women or belittling women is something which is a no-go zone when you are creating concepts like that because it's something that we want to discourage, rather encourage all to be seen and treated as equal. Every gender must be respected. When it comes to issues about children, for instance, it is something that we push really well. I mean, you don't try to put across, you know, gender stereotypes and all that in the form of communication. So this, these are things that we look out for when we are creating our concepts. And especially when you deal with international or global businesses or corporations, for instance, they insist and they actually enlighten you about these things so that you don't really get into the act of doing things which are politically incorrect to mar the image of the brand or the product that you're trying to market. In your field of marketing, you basically have to be politically aware and politically correct because you are selling things to people and trying to market things to people to get them to buy so looking at it from that viewpoint and since you are in ghana and live in ghana and know ghana very well do you think the ghanaian community is politically correct and if you can rate it from a scale of one to ten how would you rate it and where do you think the society as a whole can improve. I've lived in Ghana largely all my life and somehow I believe that we have been politically correct traditionally. I mean people have known for example not to be making gestures or laughing at people with physical disabilities and so on and so forth. I mean you are told not to laugh with people with or who have mental disability and all those things. So at least we, we, we've been conforming to some extent, except that the education or the widespread aspect of the education hasn't gone down too well for me. Some people take it for granted. And even though we are cautioned or groomed not to really do those things which tend to be politically incorrect, laxed by uh, using expressions or acting in a way which really discriminates against people who are socially marginalized or socially disadvantaged, if you like, in a way, I don't think that one uh, has gone down or runs too deep in, in the society and we need to show up our education in that respect. I think on the scale of one to 10, if I should rate it, I should be maybe about, if I have to be very, 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 stand about five, five over 10, five over 10, there's still more room for improvement. Those of us, I haven't done any survey anyway, but those of us in the advertising business and all that are exposed to these guidelines because we deal with a lot of people who are really aware of that kind of mindset of being politically correct and working within those confines. So. 
I believe on the scale of one to 10, I'll give ourselves about five, that there should be more uh, room for improvement for us to be aware how political correctness would affect or would impact our lives if we're able to go by the tenets of it. Okay, so you said a five out of 10. How do you feel you could use some of your advertising campaigns and marketing campaigns you may be asked to conduct in the future to help improve the score of political correctness in the Ghanaian society? I think that's a, a good question. And I believe by virtue of what I do, that's advertising and marketing, we do stuff that really push the all-inclusive kind of you know approach in terms of an example like you know, pushing girls' education and making the community, parents, and all in the society understand that, look, helping girls up the ladder of education is as equally important as pushing your boys on that same ladder. So that discrimination could be brought down a lot when we push social behavior change communication forward as we've been doing. In terms of people with disabilities, for instance, I know there there have been right terminologies, appropriate terminologies that have been tabled, and it's become part of the whole vocabulary that we use in communicating. For instance, I mean, it's a no-no to say somebody is, excuse me, to say blind in the eye or visually impaired instead of saying the person has visual disabilities. I think that's a more preferred and subtle way of telling you that the person has a challenge. And then you, instead of saying that the person is crippled or lame or is physically handicapped, the more appropriate or politically correct terminology to use is physically or uh, some person with physical disability. I mean, those were things that we kept hammering because of the learnings or education that we got from our sponsors and the, the client. And these are things that we push through our communication for the entire society to see via mass media, the internet and all that. Uh, recently, I think there was, not too long ago, there was this um, billboard advertising in town, which really raised a lot of our eyebrows. It actually started in social media. Ghanaians started lambasting that whole concept because it was more or less pushing lighter skinned women over our natural black skin or brown skin and all that and people people were really really irate about that i mean they really spoke about it and then that whole billboard was brought down because it was very very discriminatory so i think education commercials advertising marketing and all that if we're able to really infuse those in our messages it would go a long way to do that. And we've started it already. People are getting into the groove of using politically correct language, politically correct expressions and actions to really push the agenda to, to, to show up our percentages according to what I said. Are you on any social media platforms and what do you make of the impact social media has had on the world of advertising and the world at large? Yes, I am. I'm mainly on Facebook and I do WhatsApp. I do some IG occasionally, but I must say social media has had a tremendous impact on advertising and the world in general. In the space of advertising, I think it has come to complement what we used to know. That's a traditional forms of media, radio, TV, print, and then all that you know uh, what social media is able to do is how it's it's able to stream you know stuff uh, along especially when you do things on the ground like below the line activities events activations and all that and you're able to carry it on social media or all the social media handles and people see it wherever they are unlike when we used to just rely on television it was more limiting, but now because of social media, you have a global reach um, as far as your messaging or your content is concerned. Um, what it has done is that it's actually brought down the traditional media a bit, but I mean, things change, technologies change, and once they improve and they expand your, your view, 
I think it's all the better. So social media is doing a lot. I mean, a lot of revolutions started off on social media. And like I said earlier, when I was speaking about the multinational company that put out that skin lighting cream and gave us the impression that the preference was for a lighter skin and it was targeted at women, we thought it was a very brilliant thing that really was sparked off on social media. And there was a whole hullabaloo about that. So I believe social media's impact on advertising and sending messaging across or marketing has been really, really on the high side. I mean, um, comparatively, the reach is high, especially when you get the uh, following there and then those who are technologically savvy, who go on the net and surf and all that, if they are a part of your social media following, I know you you do a lot of link-ups and you touch a lot of eyeballs or you get a lot of people following your marketing, you know, forays and all that on social media. So it's made a solid impact. Look at the, the relationships that social media is able to make that alone that alone and just to give you a typical example i i'm into poultry farming as well and i did some uh, just a little marketing on social media and i was able to sell my birds on facebook just posting a very juicy chicken on my my wall got me a lot of inquiries and at the end of the day i was able to sell up to about 50 pieces of chicken if i had gone on radio or had gone on in the press or something would have cost me a lot but i almost did it freely with a little bit of data and i was able to sell so i think that relationship building your friend build up the new friends that you make and all that form part of your 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 target audience if you are marketing something which is actually which will go in their favor so i think from a very lay point of view in in terms of social uh, media marketing i think it's made an impact and it's made a huge impact. I'm glad you were able to sell your chickens. And that was like a very good example of how social media can help people sell things without having to spend large sums of money going into the older forms of media. We have like print media and like broadcast media. Okay, last few questions it has to do with the coronavirus pandemic we're going through right now how has it changed your advertising plans for the year and how has it changed the way you're having to live and behave in fact (laughs) that's the the big one honestly this pestilence has actually thrown everything out of gear i mean all plans I mean, you globally, I mean, it's affected everybody to the extent that we've had to really let the world rest for about a month or so plus. And somehow it has its own positives, you know, globally, when we look at things. I mean, I heard or I read the last time that the ozone layer has started repairing itself because planes are aground, industry shut down and all that. So pollution of the world really has come down. There's a point in, in, in this that means the world has to really take a back seat, reset and see how we even give the whole world a breather. Like let's say a one month leave going forward post COVID. I mean, see the possibilities of making the, red, the world also rest for a while so that it repairs itself. Like I've said, it's really thrown things out of gear. I mean, we had lined up some productions. I mean, shooting of television commercials and all that which really involved lots of people we have had to really put that on hold i mean because that brand is actually uh, uh, people related it's a mass 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 brand and uh, you need a lot of people in fact the concepts that we wrote were all geared towards massive people being part of the cast and all that that's been shelved and we are waiting to see if things die down before we can actually resume the, the whole project. That said, we've also looked at um, ways of, you know, creating alternatives, like, I mean, using animation a lot, I mean, modeling and all that to do stuff. I have had a personal experience where a, a small client of mine asked me to do something and we proposed uh, using animation. I think he bought into the idea 
I've got an animator to put some things together. He sent it to him and I think with infographics is working. So in fact, COVID-19 is actually giving us alternatives to actually use. So it's not all that bad as far as the impact is concerned. Uh, secondly, it, it's really given us a whole rethink of how to work or the ability to work from home. Some of us we've discovered or we've already known that we don't need to go to work eight to five and be physically at the work pressings and all that. You can really work from home comfortably once you have the machines and you're linked online. I mean, things can be done and would be possible. I mean, the lockdown has been partially lifted in Ghana, but we haven't, we haven't resumed work because we, we are yet to put things in, in the right perspective before we even think of going back to work physically. But that doesn't mean we've been quiet. We've been working on some of the COVID-19 campaign and from home, and then we do Skype and all that, go, go to meetings. We use other, you know, social media platforms to really connect and discuss progress and all that in respect of the projects and the work that are lined up. So I think COVID-19 has, has, has had its own impact negative, but there are some positive lights at the end of the tunnel and we are looking to making it shine in, in, in our favor. In respect of what it has done personally to me, I mean, the behavior change, I told you we've been in it for a long time. I remember in the 2000s, I was contracted to create a song for hand wash long ago. I think it was a world bank or so a sponsored project yes that's right well we we did that so that's that's been that's been with us we've been preaching but not to this extent of seeing to it that we practice it almost religiously i mean hand washing has been come part of us part and parcel of us using sanitizers to really clean our hands and keeping that physical distance you know between you and the next person is something that we are really, really observing. I mean, in my house, it's happening. We have posted outside a hand-washing bucket, what we call the Veronica bucket, outside with soap and the sanitizer by the side. Anybody who enters the compound has to do that ablution before he or she enters and all that. And our nose masks are ready. We wear them. We have loads of them in the house. I mean, when we have to go out, we need to really, really keep that physical distance and all that. I mean, you're very wary of yourself now and then the next person before or after you because you do not know who really carries the, the virus. It could be you, it could be another person. Steam inhalation is another thing that man has learned that helps. And then building up our immunities. I mean, taking vitamin Cs and ion tablets and all those things help and then eating natural foods and eating healthy at the end of the day some of the things that we've been observing so i think covid 19 came with these negatives but as well brought some positive impact in our lives once again thank you for coming on to the ec impact mr brew thank you for everything you spoke about it was very interesting and very compelling to speak to you hope to speak to you again soon Hi, welcome to the PC Impact. Can you please introduce yourself to the PC Impact audience? My name is Mami Isimor Kansen. I am an event planner. Um, I live in Accra, Ghana. As part of my job, I have equipment to rent out to people for parties, weddings, funerals, and all types of events. And I also serve um, more of a, in an advisory position for people who want to have events. Uh, it could be a wedding, it could be a party, it could be a funeral. You know? So they usually come to me, tell me what they want, and then I give them advice as I see fit. I know you also used to work in the media. Can you tell us a bit about you working at the media outlet? Uh, that, was, that was about, let's see, how old are you? Um, 22? Okay. Was, so that's just about 22, 22 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. About 22, 23 years ago, I just finished university and I uh, relocated to a place in Ghana called Takradi and there was a new radio station starting Sky Power FM so I walked in and 
and and told them I want I, I wanted a job. I had never done anything in, in radio or any type of media. So they said, okay, we're looking for people. So going to the studio, who we'll just record, just gave me a slip of paper and asked me to read. And I read and they were very happy and said, okay, you're hired. So that's, that's how I started. And I was a radio presenter. And at the same time, I doubled as their marketing manager. So I went around looking for adverts for the station because, you know, without advertising, the, the station wouldn't be able to run. So yeah, I was in radio, you know, doing political interviews as well as playing music from time to time. So like, it makes me very glad that you were able to read. And are you happy that I have taken some of that interest you had in radio back then into my life now? I am. It, it's amazing because uh, interestingly, I was pregnant with you when I started. So I guess sitting behind the console got to you one way or the other. <laughs> and you were the first baby of that uh, radio station and everybody used to dote on you. I used to take you to work um, all the time. And yeah, so I guess, you know, uh, it, it, it just you, you just got, you caught the bug right in the womb. <laughs> all right, well, so what does political correctness mean to you? How would you define it? Um, political correctness, I think it's more like... Um, Towing the line, being part of the crowd, knowing where your bread is buttered. Yeah, I would, I would, I would say, yeah, that, that's, that's how I see it. Try not to offend people, even if you don't believe what, what, what everybody believes. If your views are, you know, not in line with everybody's, you're more like seen as an outsider. So being politically correct, you just want to be part of the crowd. Oh, okay. So you work in event planning now. How do you feel that field is open to political correctness? You know what? It's interesting that you ask that question. I've seen life and I have a lot of young clients, especially those who are getting, you know, planning to get married. And they come to you with all sorts of ideas, very grandiose. And being a mother and an elderly person, I try You're not to that old. wear the cup of... I'm sorry. I said you're not that old. Yeah, I know, but those who come to me are like you. Mm -hmm. So, what? moving right along. Now, so when they come um, and talk to me about their plans and all the things they want to do, I am caught in between giving them advice and then doing what they want. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because somebody can come and have a, a, a plan to spend about the equivalent of $10,000 on their wedding. Knowing very well that the wedding is just an event, but the marriage is a journey. I've been there. So should I advise them or should I just do it and take the money? Because I stand to pay. But my conscience doesn't allow me to leave them to make that mistake. Though they don't see it as a mistake. And yeah, I'm always caught between the rock and a hard place and I find it very difficult and most of the time my conscience wins. So I tell them, listen, I don't think you know, you have to spend all this money just to look good on Instagram and then you guys start your journey and you're in debt. They don't want, they don't like to hear that. Well, like that's that's very interesting because like a ton of people would say my generation would rather look good to everybody else and struggle in private rather than have it flip and like looks look like you're not flashy in public and be well off privately so like it's like interesting that you've made that observation about people exactly exactly because i put myself i put you or any of my nieces and nephews in that person's position and i say if my son or my daughter or my niece or nephew came to me and said okay auntie i want to do this this is i'm going to tell them what i will tell all of them and i start i start by telling them i know you won't like what i'm going to say to you but i'm going to say it anyway yeah. 25 years ago when i was getting married by the time we finished our wedding, we had made a profit because we got so many people to pay so many for so many things for us. Do not look at somebody's wedding and think that because I plan weddings for people, okay, whose parents foot the bill, and it is so grand that the the two people getting married they don't they don't chip in a dime because they come from families that are well off. So if you look at that kind of wedding and you tell me you want the same thing, and I know you. Can't can't afford it. I know 
this is going to put you in debt. What am I supposed to do? Should I be politically correct and say, oh yeah, it will look good on Instagram. You can take pictures, you can do that. Or do I stick to, you know, my principles and my conscience and say, this this will work for you. Let's scale down. And most of them don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in Ghana, how big do you think political correctness is in the society? If you have to scale a scale of one to ten, how would you say people are when it comes to political correctness? I think it's an eight, and very close to ten actually. A lot of people, you know, just want to be part of the Joneses. You don't even know what's happening in the life of the Joneses. People just don't want to, you know, think for themselves. They don't want to behave and set themselves apart. They just want to feel like they, they are part of, of the whole, you know. So instead of you sitting down thinking, okay, okay, all right, I think that I support this, especially when it comes to politics in this country. I support this party. And because this party says, hey, even, even if it doesn't make sense, because I, I support the party, I have to toe that line and argue and, you know, it, it, it's it's amazing. You find people that you expect to be well-educated and think that, you know, they can think for themselves and you listen to the argument they're making and just because they support this person or that party, they just throw the line and you wonder what is wrong with them. And you sometimes you can't get your head around it. So I'd say on a scale of one to 10, I'd say eight. Okay, so following that logic, it's like, uh, to me, I find it like the same way some people decide to like protect their pastors and pick pastors over like religion and like going towards that front because like some people if you mention a pastor's name and say something it's like you've insulted the whole Christ religion of christianity like when you're just criticizing something one man has chosen to do not what the religion has done but that's a conversation for exactly. another day exactly you're, you're right you're you're very right and you know this 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 seeps into religion it seeps into politics you know and it, it's sad because if if you look at religion for example in christianity we are taught that you're supposed to be the servant and not lord it over everybody so if the pastor is the servant is the chief shepherd of the flock and the shepherd does something that is not right and you being the flock you can see as well because we we have a proverb in 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 account that person who is creating the path cannot tell that the back is crooked because you're moving you're creating a path it's a straight line it's only the person who's standing behind you who can tell that hmm, your line is crooked yeah. so why should it be a problem if you say that the line is crooked and genuinely the line is crooked <laughs> like I, I don't know what to, I got I can't add anything else onto that but mm. how has the coronavirus outbreak that we're going through right now affected you like in your business and how has it made you change the way you make certain decisions in your life it's uh, I'm, I'm telling you as, as I sit here I haven't worked the last time I went to my office was the 18th of March my last event was on the 15th of March and I had to let my workers go and I've put them on a partial salary um, you know because event planning has to do with gatherings and at the moment there's, there's a ban on gathering in large numbers um, the maximum is 25 people um, I cannot run my business based on um, items being rented for 25 people that's not possible so shut down um, it, it financially it's it's really it's really hitting you know and it's it's giving me a new perspective in life that you, you don't have to do one thing just one thing you, you need to have at least two or three other ventures that you're involved in you know um, so it's made me sit down to think about what else I can do in addition to my current business which is the event planning um, and then it's also 
taught me that less is more. I mean, we, we've got all sorts of things sitting in our closets which are useless. You're not dressing up and going anywhere. So I've realized that a lot of the money we spend on shopping for clothes and on a lot of unnecessary things in life, the most important thing, you know, is clean air, food and water. That's, that's what is, that, that is what this, this virus has taught me. And, and the fact that, you know, people, you realize how dependent people are on you. So you need to make the most out of the gift that God has given you. A lot of people are calling you, they are in bad streets and realize that if you're not working, then those people will not have any, anybody to rely on. So this, this, this virus has really been an eye-opener. It's been an eye-opener. Okay. How would you say the Ghanaian government has handled the virus so far? Has it been, have they handled it positively or negatively? In my opinion, the, the, the government of Ghana has done quite well, surprisingly quite well from the very onset. They've, they've been, you know, they've been transparent about it as best as they can. Kind of processes they put in place to make sure that there was a lockdown in Accra and Kumasi. The, you know, having roadblocks to check people during the lockdown and the constant communication. I mean, it, it, life, it's all about, life is all about communication. Nobody likes to be told not to do what they want to do. But as long as you come and explain to people that, look, you're, you're, you can't do this because of that, you know, and you, you, you give them that information. I mean, you have people who are recalcitrant who won't listen. But the majority of the people who want to stay safe and healthy will listen and do it. And it, it's, it's, it's amazing. We, I think that as, as a government and as a people we've done quite well there's still more room for improvement but hey what can we say okay so any final things you would want to leave the rest of the pc impact audience with i think that you should you should you should be true to yourself if you don't believe in something let that let the person who's trying to push you and force you to think like they think know that yeah you you, you have you have your your own thoughts you have your own ideas but i also have mine i believe in what i believe in because staying true to yourself is is always a winner towing a line you don't believe in you will be exposed one way or the other so staying true to yourself and and you know especially if telling people i don't believe in this thing is not going to hurt anybody why not so stay true to yourself thank you for coming on to the pc impact thank you for having me Okay, so there you have it. We have spoken to Mr. Fusulabi, who was our sports journalist, and he's given us some great insight to what goes on in the media and how they try and interact best with their audience. We've heard from a marketing personality, Mr. Yofi Buru, who is an exceptional marketer and has worked for many big brands, both internationally and in Ghana. And we had Mrs. Mamiusi Markanson, who, yes, is my mother and works as an event planner and used to work on Sky FM in Takaradia. So after hearing all these three views and getting their opinions on life right now, the coronavirus crisis and their lives and their many different fields, I hope you get a better understanding on how political correctness works in different industries you may be interested in working in. The coronavirus has affected us all, and I hope you are staying safe. And I hope this ends soon without any of us losing any loved ones. Thank you for tuning into the PC Impact. It's much love from my side. I will see you next time on the next episode. Love you. Thank you.